and welcome to I Love It, Don't You? The podcast where friends share with friends whether they like it or not. I'm Elizabeth. I'm Kim. And I'm Janelle. In today's episode, <laughs> we are talking about Gilmore Girls, A Year in the Life. This is the revival that they did on Netflix for Gilmore Girls, and it takes place roughly 10 years later or so, and we're picking up in the winter of the lives of Lorelai and Rory, Emily and Luke, and seeing what they are up to, and it's a year, um, a lot of change for all of them. So I wanted to do this because I wanted more excuses to talk about it. And that's the main reason. I was a big watcher of the original Gilmore Girls when it aired. I was cautiously optimistic about it when we found out that this was going to take place because I wasn't a big fan of the last two seasons of the show. But I was excited to come back to it and revisit the lives of these characters. So I wanted us to do it on the show. And so first, before I ask what you thought of it, What's your familiarity with it? Did you watch Gilmore Girls the first time around? Mm -hmm. Or at some point in the last 10 years or whatever? I've watched all of Gilmore Girls. I used to watch it on ABC Family. Mm -hmm. And then, like, I've also rewatched it over the years on Netflix. And I've seen... Some people haven't seen Season 7, and I have seen Season 7. Okay, Uh, I actually haven't seen all of Season 7. I'm one of those people. (laughs) Because Amy from Palladino and her husband... Daniel weren't didn't write season seven, so a lot of people just for the listeners who might not know, that's why. Janelle, what's your familiarity? It's one of those that I always heard about. It was always in reruns on ABC Family, and mainly once I started watching Supernatural, and I found out oh Jared Padalecki was in this, mm-hmm. I started tuning in every now and then, and not even watching whole episodes, just like portions. So when it came to watching. The revival, you know, I knew who Lorelai was. I knew a little bit about Rory. I knew basically their relationship, but nothing really all that specific. I knew there was tension with Luke and tension with her parents, a different kind of tension, obviously. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yes. But I didn't, like, know any townsfolk or anything. I didn't know about any of the background, and I still don't for a lot of it. And the stuff that I saw was usually earlier episodes. I've just seen, like, clips here and there but also I wasn't really into a lot of pop culture back Mm -hmm. then I'm from a pretty I almost want to say secluded family like we didn't take in much secular media or anything until I started getting like later on in high school and in college and stuff so Mm -hmm. I didn't understand half of what was coming out of their mouths so there was that Mm -hmm. another reason it's so hard to understand though is because they talk so fast they Mm -hmm. talk so fast and I hadn't yet gotten into mash Mm-hmm. or into, like, watching the Vlogbrothers, and those are two of the reasons why I talk as fast as I do now. <laughs> See, because I watched Sports Night when I was, like, a freshman in high school, mm-hmm. and they talk super fast in that show. Like, it never even registered to me until other people started saying that they talk fast in Gilmore right. Girls, that they talk fast. Some of my favorite shows, they talk fast. Mm-hmm. So that just has never been it's something that dialogue. bothers me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, I want to know how you felt about, if you liked these episodes. I'm going to give my opinion, too. Parts of it were hit or miss for me. Like, there were parts I really, really liked. I enjoyed spending time with almost all of the characters, except for my least favorite character, which <laughs> I didn't really enjoy spending time with her in the original series, either, mm-hmm. um, which we can get into later. But overall, like, I, it was nice. It was familiar to come back to. There, There are some things I felt were a little off at times. But overall, it was a nice revisit, and I would watch more if they produced more, you know. Yes. 
I didn't think they nailed everything, but I I was happy with it. Yeah. Overall, I enjoyed it, and I actually rewatched it a few times over the break just to prepare for this podcast. Mm-hmm. And I found that every time I rewatched it, I started to like it a little bit more and find things that I was like, oh, I get that now, and like pop culture references that I didn't hear before. And that's one of the reasons that I loved like the original show too. Like you can listen to it. That's weird I say listen to it, not watch. You can watch it <laughs> slash listen to it and find uh, new things, you know. So overall, I really enjoyed it. Even though there are parts and a particular character I really didn't mm-hmm. enjoy. Well, because the pop culture references, nobody gets all of them. Mm-hmm. That's the thing is most people miss a lot of them. Right. And or don't know what they're talking about. If you get like half of them, you're doing good. Right. Janelle, what were your thoughts as the outsider coming in? Did you feel that really hindered you in enjoying this? I don't think so. I think it would have definitely been better if I had watched it with a faithful viewer of the show. Then that would have helped on some things that were like really weird or confusing. But in other ways, I think it was a lot of fun to watch it for the first time because they don't do really any exposition. I'll try and keep this brief, but like one of my favorite parts was watching Kurt anytime Kurt was on the screen because there's they don't give you any exposition as to who this weird guy is. (laughs) You just have to figure it out. And I don't know if that's the how the original series was or anything that they told you about him. But like there's literally no information about him in this. So getting to see, you know, very established, rooted characters that are clearly part of this town that everybody just accepts them and their weirdness. That was a lot of fun. So, I mean, it was definitely enjoyable for somebody, or it could be enjoyable for somebody who's never seen it before. The only thing is, I don't know if, you know, if somebody didn't know the basics of the characters, how mm-hmm. it would be for them. But I, I definitely overall enjoyed it. There were some very frustrating things, though, just because of characters that I didn't know what to expect of them. So I I don't know how they would normally react to things. So I can't attest to whether they're reacting well because I don't Mm -hmm. know their histories. Yeah. Yeah. You know, what were some of those things? We can tell you if they were reacting well. Well, I imagine you guys know what I'm going to say, because I know what you guys are going to say. Yeah. Let's just go ahead and start talking about it. Rory annoys the crap out of me. Right. Mm -hmm. And I can't figure out if it's because I feel like I'm supposed to relate to her. She's this savvy, well-read person who's, you know, pretty well educated and things like that and interested in things that I'm interested in, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. at least generally speaking, you know, loves reading. But she doesn't react to things in any way, shape or form how I ever would. And I get it that she's much more of an extrovert than I am, Mm -hmm. but she does things that are just very morally, like, at least gray it's strange for me to feel like I'm supposed to relate to somebody and then I don't relate to them at all. And they do things that seem really stupid for somebody who's supposed to be, you know... Smart. Supposed to be smart and is supposed to be older and supposed to have their (laughs) stuff together and it just... I don't know what... 32-year-olds don't necessarily have their stuff together. (laughs) No. Says the 33-year-old in the room who still does not have her stuff together. Um, But, you know, you're not making those bad decisions. No, no, no. I I agree. I don't understand There's a different level of not having your stuff together. together. Well, here's the thing. Like, Rory's coming from Yale or something like Mm -hmm. that. She's Mm -hmm. very well-educated. One of the best universities. She's been a journalist and been established. I just don't get it. I think a lot of people feel that way about Rory, or at least I feel like a lot of people kind of like us who are 
nerds mm -hmm. <laughs> who saw something, especially in her high school years, I, who, I who saw something in her of this shyer person mm -hmm. who, who loves to read, who enjoys random pop culture, whatever, but doesn't always have the easiest time relating to everybody outside mm -hmm. of books. For a lot of people then... When she went off to college, she just kind of went away from any decisions that we could relate to in a lot of ways mm -hmm. for me. Yeah. And so she became my least favorite character. Yeah. You are not alone in your feelings on her. Right. I think it's kind of like, I, during the original season, I found uh, Rory's kind of like evolution pretty interesting because I did the years that I liked Rory the most were her high school years and I related to the, her the most then but then when she got into college she started making all these weird choices and I found it interesting to watch her go through that even though I would never do that but I kind of felt like she'd gotten all those bad choices out of her system by the mm -hmm. time she left college for me it was also really weird to see her being kind of like that same girl in college do mm -hmm. you think yeah I mean maybe not the exact same but maybe even worse like right even worse one thing I did like was seeing that everything had not gone well in her life yeah, that's true because yeah. that is one thing I had a problem with in the original is because Rory could do no wrong yeah and it didn't matter if she slept with a married man, mm -hmm. if she dropped out of school, whatever. Some pretty big missteps yeah. either got glossed over or everything worked out rosy and mm -hmm. everything was fine. So I liked seeing her in this position in life where she's struggling and trying to figure out stuff. Mm -hmm. And I understand that. Mm -hmm. I think she would have been more relatable if she had been going through career struggle without having sleep being, sleeping with Logan, mm -hmm. you know? And the way that she goes about sleeping with Logan, she seems so entitled to right. have him. And, like, it's baffling to me. And then, there, of course, there's Paul, who actually during my first showing, I kept forgetting along with Rory <laughs> I kept forgetting about him also the way that she treated him a lot of people get really upset about that from what I hear and it does make me angry and the more I think about it the more angry I get Paul I found it very funny and enjoyable about the first half of the first show mm -hmm. Luke and Lorelai not remembering him I thought was funny and if it right. could have just been Luke and Lorelai cannot remember this guy that Rory's dating that would have been funny. But to have Rory in on that, mm -hmm. you're dating this guy. That's where it got too much and got kind of just mean. Her mom and pretty much stepfather not remembering this guy, that's funny. Having conversations where they talk about certain things so much that the guy brings something to show Luke yeah. and him not <laughs> having a clue about it, that's funny. Right. It, having it boil down to writing herself notes to break up with this guy, this guy breaking up with her because she could never remember him. It just got a little yeah. bit old, a little yeah. stale and mean. It doesn't, well, it doesn't make her feel relatable in any way, shape, or form. Mm -hmm. Being raised by Lorelai and everything, and what little I've seen of her in the series, which I saw her when I watched the series, she seems very savvy. I wouldn't think that a savvy person would be chill with being some guy's side thing. Yeah. See, now, I don't like that. I don't like what her and Logan's relationship was. But honestly, it didn't feel that out of character to me. Like really? for Rory. For yeah. Rory. Like, that felt in character to me mm -hmm. for her. Unfortunately. Yeah. I would say she was really entitled by the end of uh, season six. Mm -hmm. But I was hoping she would have grown out of that by now. Right. And kind of like being out in the real world kind of would have, but it didn't. That's one thing, too, is I feel like the revival really feels like these stories should have taken place two to three years 
after the original show ended, mm-hmm. not nine to ten years. Yeah. yeah. They've had Luke and Lorelai in limbo for that long. Those are it's issues. <laughs> those are issues that should have been solved mm-hmm. within two years of them being back together. We're supposed to believe that they got together like, at the end of the finale or whatever, and that they've been together all this time, and these issues are just now coming to the forefront. Yeah. I don't believe that. Mm-hmm. And it's the same issues that they kept facing in the original series. Mm-hmm. So yes, I believe that they might still face these, but I feel like if you're still facing them nine to 10 years down the road, yeah. something's wrong in this relationship. Mm-hmm. It, there's something wrong. And for me, no, their relationship's meant to be. So I need them to get their crap together yeah. way before that. It sounds like from what you're describing, I completely agree. But it also kind of reminds me that you know, Amy Sherman Palladino wasn't able to write it how she wanted right. to originally. And maybe that's the thing that she kind of struggled with. I was going to say. And she was like, screw it. I know it's been 10 years, but we're going to just finish it the way I wanted to finish right. it. Right. Well, and I've seen like kind of uh, people online talk about that, how it seems. Yeah, there's some stuff from season seven she incorporated. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, there's like stuff that it seems like she just kind of ignored or whatever. Uh, One thing in particular was Rory going off to be Barack Obama's like Mm -hmm. news correspondent. So, okay, there are a number of different running gags throughout, which we've talked about, Paul. What did you all think of some of the running gags? Some of them kind of confused me because, like, I don't know if they were carried over or if they were just, like, done with no explanation, like, Petal the Pig. Petal the Pig was new. Okay. I thought it was cute. Uh, yeah, was cute. because there was a little bit, I think in the very first, uh, they, talked about, they it. talked about it when Lorelai's giving Rory a recap of what's been happening. Kirk and his girlfriend had been talking about getting a kid, or mm-hmm. not getting a kid, but having a kid. So the town went in together and got them a pig to hopefully put that off for gotcha. a few years. I totally glazed over Which, that. I yeah. mean, if you're not familiar with Kirk and Lulu, like you're, that's not going right. to register. Yeah. Out of I like, out so of the much. random townspeople, mm-hmm. he was definitely my favorite. I agree. I could not wait until he was on the scene, and in, in the ending, just yeah. I just went crazy or whatever. He's like with the bedazzling. <laughs> <laughs> ah. uh, I love how he's like um, Luke and Lorelai. It's like semi-child. Yes, <laughs> yes. In the original show, Kirk could annoy me sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like they could play too heavily on the Kirk card thought they did really well in the revival of giving you just enough where he's entertaining and he's not too much and it's just enough of his ridiculousness to satisfy i thought they did a really good job with that was that a running thing that he would throw up in their house not necessarily throw up but like he did a lot of stuff he one time ran naked through their house uh that was her end that was the end okay sorry um And Luke had to go chase him down. (laughs) He was having night terrors. (laughs) And after that, like, that was the first time he'd ever been, like, naked on the show. But everybody loved it so much that then they tried more naked Kirk things. (laughs) So there's many times he's been in Lorelai's house for random weird things Mm -hmm. and stayed there, whatever. Not necessarily to throw up. Okay. Did you pick up on any other, like, running gags? One thing I really liked was Luke's Wi-Fi password. That was my favorite one. (laughs) Because, like, Luke's always been kind of a stickler, whatever, gruff. No, you don't say. Um, And, like, always in the original show, his sign that is super long now that has, like, the no man buns, no whatever, Mm -hmm. like, was just no cell phones. And, like, it's grown. 
Uh, so yeah, that cracked me up. The whole him just giving out fake passwords. Is it with a capital B? You try that. Like just <laughs> these people like not realizing yeah. which in this small town, like it's Luke. Of course he's not going to want you to be on his Wi-Fi. So yeah, I really, really enjoyed that. Oh, one. one thing I did like, it wasn't a running gag, but I can't remember. I think it's in summer. Maybe it's spring. But we see Ken's dad for, like, one brief... Mm, Lane's like, dad. Lane's dad, sorry. Lane's dad for just one brief scene, and I really like that. Because in the original series, you never saw Lane's dad. They told you that he was alive, but you only saw Mrs. Kim. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, well, season one, they made reference to her dad. After that, they, they okay. never made reference to her dad. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. And another little Easter egg I love was the host of the Gilmore Guys was oh. in one scene. It was like, you would barely notice them. They were just in the background, but it was at the end, and they were both on their cell phones at the table. It was a redhead and an African-American, a okay. black guy. See, my Easter egg of a person, a random person who was in there, was Michael Osiolo, the editor-in-chief of TV Line. Years ago on TV Guide, he did Oscar Asialo, a weekly column. He still does that column on TV Line now, but he's gone from like TV Guide to EW, whatever. But I followed him, like he'll do spoiler stuff, whatever. And he's a huge Gilmore Girls fan. And so he actually had a cameo in the original series too, Mm -hmm. but he was one of the guys sitting on the steps when they were trying to find out what the line was for and the guys were just eating lunch. (gasps) He was one of those? He was one of those guys. Oh my gosh, that's cool. Anytime he would have interviews with any of the cast for the last nine, ten years, he... Mm -hmm. So what about a Gilmore Girls revival? What about a Gilmore Girls movie? That was always his question and always trying to get the last four words out of uh, Amy Sherman Palladino at the uh, ATX Festival or whatever. And I don't remember if it was the big panel or in one thing, like, Amy Sherman Palladino was talking about, like, the last four words. And she was like, you know, I will probably be on my deathbed and Michael Osceola will be standing over me asking me what the last four (laughs) words are. So that was my Easter egg. Like, I was like, yay! This is more an Elizabeth question because Janelle really won't know. But so the recurring characters that popped back up. Did that work for you? Did that not? What was your favorite recurring example? Like Suki coming back, Michelle, oh, okay. like all your side characters, yes. uh, Kurt, Taylor, mm-hmm. Dean, oh, Taylor. you know, just all of them. I really like the moment between Rory and Dean and the grocery store. I don't it know felt why. Super awkward you though. Fe- yeah, I think so. so. Like I don't know their whole story. Uh-huh. I know vague mm-hmm. things of infidelity and junk like that, but it's like that felt as awkward as all get right. out. But I love Jared. I know. <laughs> He's so cute. I love him, too. Yeah, I didn't too. like him as Dean. I didn't like him as Dean. I, I mean, like, oh. I liked first season Dean. I didn't like second season Dean. The moment when Dean tells Rory, like, that he was captivated by her reading on a park bench. Yeah, Kim's rolling her eyes. But when I first watched that as a teenager, I was like, oh, thank goodness that's what boys like. Which is uh, <laughs> not true. But <laughs> not true. Anyway. I really like Taylor's sewer system <laughs> problem, Kirk, and I did end up liking Michelle. We got to see a softer side of him. I was going to say, I really liked Michelle throughout the whole thing, which mm-hmm. I liked Michelle in the original a lot, but I thought it worked really well, like kind of the storyline mm-hmm. that they did I like that he had a husband, too, mm-hmm. in the original series. They didn't say that he was gay. They didn't say he wasn't gay. Right. It just was never mentioned. Right. He just loved Celine Dion. Right. <laughs> <laughs> But so I really also really liked that it wasn't a big deal. He was just like, yeah, I have a husband. And mm-hmm. like, we're thinking about having a kid and whatever. So. Right. I really liked the way they worked in Michelle. I really liked the way they worked in Suki. I like seeing Jess again. Um, oh, God. Jess. Jess was really nice. Yeah. I... Like, really nice. Especially <laughs> yeah. watching This Is Us. 
and right. being like, oh, this is so attractive. He's such a good dad. And then him coming back in and just like, so not a dad anymore. Yeah. So not a dad. <laughs> so uh, attractive. <laughs> so attractive. I love Jess in the original. Mm-hmm. I mean, as an adult, I look at it and, yes, he was horrible for her. Right. But as a teenager, I loved Jess, and mm-hmm. so I still love Jess. So it was nice to see how he had matured, and I yeah. thought he had matured in a um, realistic way. I felt that he was pretty true to his character. Mm-hmm. And they worked him in nicely. Like, it wasn't just, hey, we need a random pop in. Like, he was in town to help with his crazy mother. Yeah. So I was a little sad we didn't see Liz. Me too. I also like her husband, TJ. TJ. I think TJ makes me laugh, yeah. They worked it in nicely, and before it, my biggest request was I want uncle-nephew moments. I want Luke Jess moments, and we got Luke Jess moments. Yeah. So I was super, super happy with how they used Jess and how they brought him back. Mm -hmm. I would have liked to have seen more of him because I love him. Right. But Like, at her wedding, I don't know. Yeah. Like, maybe you could have given him a call. He wasn't him. Right. That annoyed me, too. But let, I want to finish talking okay, about the, um, <laughs> the reoccurring characters. One that just felt off to me and felt really shoehorned in. Because most of them, for the most part, it, I didn't feel like a lot of them were shoehorned in. Mm-hmm. Felt pretty natural how they had him come back. Even, like, Jason Styles. Like, it made sense yeah. that he was going to be at her father's yeah. wake or whatever. But so even that, like, to me, didn't feel shoehorned in. Jackson felt shoehorned in. Oh, I can see that, yeah. Like... Mm-hmm. Who's Jackson? Uh, Suki's husband. He's oh. like the guy with the produce. Yeah, he, he was at the international <laughs> festival oh. with oh, his yeah. produce. Yeah. Like, that felt very much shoehorned in. That was the main one that just... I was like, eh, that just mm-hmm. seemed like you're just trying for the sake. Because even Dean, yes, it felt awkward, but it felt true. Mm-hmm. Like, they're in a small town. Like, they're gonna know what's going on with each other's yeah. lives a little bit. Like, he's going to come back and visit his parents. That makes sense. Did you like April in the original? Oh, I liked April. I didn't like how Luke handled April. I thought April was, like, a lovely child. I didn't like her existence. Mm -hmm. I didn't mind her character, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. But, man, was she annoying when she came back. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) As an outsider looking in, having no idea who this chick was, Uh I thought it was really funny and a good over caricature of how you change after you go off to college and uh-huh. you get these giant aspirations. Yeah. When she has like the panic attack in her bedroom and is just like, oh my God, oh my God, I'm lying about all of these things. And I was like, yeah. I thought that was hilarious. I did like when she was like, I only tried to read once. <laughs> <laughs> I think this was one of those things where, because there was a few times I feel like Amy Sherman Palladino was mocking people and in a way like to me that's what Amy Sherman Palladino thinks of college people. All fakes who are sitting there doing this blah 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 blah. So it didn't work for me. Right. One uh, thing I did find annoying that she mocked was like the 30 something thing. That was my other big one that I. <laughs> yeah. It got annoying but I also thought it was hilarious at first. Okay. But it was around every corner. I think a good addition to that though was the 30 something's parents. That was pretty funny to me. Okay. See, to me, that was just another, there's just this group of people she doesn't get. She yeah. doesn't understand that she was mocking something she had no clue about. Oh, I right. get that. I think she just did it too much. I think I think there's a place. I think there's an amount 
personally that you can do and she definitely surpassed that Mm -hmm. the one thing i didn't like on top of what you've said Mm -hmm. already is rory and lorelei just like not wanting to be part of any group like if you come back home which yes rory you are back (laughs) like you are back it's not bad to have a support system like if you're going through like a hard time being with people that are doing the same thing and like it kind of just annoys me their disdain of other people and other groups i guess in the first episode, to me, a lot of people were, like, getting back into the groove of mm-hmm. an Amy Sherman Palladino script. Okay. And I feel like Amy Sherman Palladino was kind of getting back in the groove of this world, too. Winter was good, but there were pieces that fell off. The tone didn't feel mm-hmm. quite right in some areas. It felt really introductory to me. Um, yeah. For me, like, there were characters who, like, from the second they came back on screen, like, they were back in their character. Mm-hmm. Michelle was one of them. Paris was another. Cause, and Paris was phenomenal. I agree. And Suki was another one. Like, those right, three yeah. just, and Kirk, I felt like they stepped into their roles. It was like, no time had passed. Like, yes, obviously, we're years later, but, like, they were still very much enveloping their characters. Mm-hmm. Did you have a... Um, feelings about Paris like was she too much for you or oh she's definitely too much for me but I don't know if it's in a bad way because like she's one of them I had seen in the original series I just didn't quite realize that she and uh Rory were friends right it did take a while for them they were frenemies yeah Yeah. I don't know that I found her funny Mm -hmm. I mean she could be funny but overall I don't I don't know I'm just kind of neutral on her I would definitely not ever want to know anybody like her. That's for sure. (laughs) Yeah, she might be a little too much to, like, hang out with. Yeah, she's so intimidating. Like, even how they dress her, Mm -hmm. she's so square. Like, everything is just really sharp and angry. And it's like, I get it, that's what her character is. And I thought they used her really effectively and and funny, but... I love the moment when she opens that briefcase and nothing's inside. <laughs> yeah. I know, I do love her meltdown in the Chilton bathroom. Yeah. That was funny. I want to give her major props for slamming the door shut with her foot. She was in really tall heels <laughs> on tile floor. That's uh-huh. true. How could she do that? Oh, you know that Paris kickboxes, you know? Right. You know she's, like, boxing. No, I don't. <laughs> like... Okay, we don't. I can totally see her just just owning. That, like, that's Elizabeth's head cannon. Okay. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I think that's what saved her for me. She probably would have just been annoying to me because all of the fertility clinic stuff was so overbearing. It was painfully yeah. overbearing. That's Paris. It is so Paris. <laughs> but I also think it's some, maybe a character that you have to like grow to love, you know, right. which we definitely did with like the whole right. series. So. Well, and it's inside the office. That was one thing. I would expect her to be overbearing there just, mm-hmm. just because of the little bit mm-hmm. that I know about her. But like going and confronting Luke at his diner and all that kind of stuff, calling them on the phone, like that would have been so annoying if there wasn't the payoff of saying, oh, she is a human being, not just a robot and a pantsuit. That's not you the know. first time she's harassed Luke in his diner. No, really. I know. <laughs> like, yeah. she, she was trying to do a story about the seedy small towns or whatever for the mm-hmm. Chilton's paper back in high school, and she came to the diner and was harassing Luke. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, you know, it fits Paris. It does. It does. I want to talk about Emily. Dang it. Yeah, yeah. Talk about Emily. Emily. I don't even know what to say other than she is bad IELTS. Like, Uh, I love her so much. Mm -hmm. And I also hate her at times, too. Oh, yeah. Right, yeah. 
Because I detest overbearing people that just bulldoze over people's wishes. Mm -hmm. So, like, the whole franchising thing Mm -hmm. ticked me off so much. Because I see too much of me in Luke in that instance. Just being like, okay, let's just go along because we don't know how to say anything else. Mm -hmm. But quitting that club was the best thing I have ever seen in my life. I agree. I rewatched it and was so excited. Her evolution was the best thing in this show. I Mm -hmm. really loved how her story ended. During the original series, the running gag was that Emily would always fire her maids. Mm -hmm. Like, every time they visited the house, there was a new maid. So I really liked during this series that her maid's family kind of became her second family Mm -hmm. and, like... I liked it. I know Kim has different feelings on that. I like what they were trying to do. I don't know that they were successful in doing it. They were successful for me. And maybe it's because I've seen a lot online where a lot of people were very offended by that storyline. Oh, oh, just like, the, the huge family aspect. and Feeling like it was a very caricature portrayal, very mm-hmm. disrespectful and, okay, yeah. and mm-hmm. that. So like that's why I'm having such a hard time because I read that pretty much as soon as I'd finished watching the, okay. the episodes. I see what they were trying to do I just feel like they didn't execute it in the best possible way I do like the idea of her becoming a little bit more vulnerable and opening herself up this family and these people but I do understand like kind of the way that people felt how that family was portrayed it could have been just effective if you limited the family to like four or five six people Mm -hmm. and it was a moving company helping her out and stuff like that I think if I do get that because I, I was that. thinking that at the same time I was like this is getting a little excessive mm-hmm. but I like the side things of that the fact that Emily doesn't give a crap what she's eating she just knows that it tastes good I liked everything that happened because of that family mm-hmm. just how it changed her as a person yeah. that was great because right. I feel like she is probably the most effective character in the in the whole series to me really see her change over those four episodes. Yeah, I totally get what you're saying. I do feel like we saw genuine emotion uh, coming from Emily. Right. Uh, genuine vulnerability. And now that you're saying that, yeah, they could have probably done that a little differently. Mm-hmm. I do overall really like Emily's storyline. She was married to her husband for 40-some years or whatever. They said 50. For a long time. Yeah, for a long time. Uh, Now she's having to face life without him. And so Mm -hmm. I did really like watching her kind of struggling with what does that mean? I'm not happy anymore. I really liked the scene with her and Lorelai where Emily has decided to throw out everything that does not bring her joy. Lorelai is just like, you can't right now. Nothing's going to bring you joy. Your husband just died. You're dealing with this. Emily realizing what her new normal was going to have to be. Emily realizing all the stuff that she thought gave her joy the dar putting on this front it didn't and she just wanted to be a little bit more genuine wanted to be a little bit more real i did really love the evolution that we saw in emily throughout it and i love love at the end where she's at the whaling museum (laughs) and like scaring the crap out of all the children it was amazing into it she's gonna be fired so quickly (laughs) but that was great i mean i want to see someone try to fire emily right yeah (laughs) i I don't see that happening okay so did you all think that the 90 minute format worked i think so i the first episode not so much like i was not excited to watch the rest of them Mm -hmm. because after that one they really got in their swing and it it felt good to me Mm -hmm. 
I think they would have been better doing shorter episodes just because I'm hoping that if we had had shorter episodes, we wouldn't have had as many montages as we had. I feel like in some instances it worked, but in some instances it caused them to draw out things that went Mm -hmm. on too long. One was the Stars Hollow musical. Right. Show us one song from Mm -hmm. that. Let's move on. Yeah. It went on for like 10 minutes. I've only got six hours with these people. I don't want to spend 10 minutes on this musical. I want to spend it with the people that I love. Mm -hmm. The Life and Death Brigade. I liked part of it, but again, it went on way too long. That was like five minutes long, fine. I'm happy to see Colin and Finn and Finn and Robert. Like, I didn't need to see them that long. Well, maybe Finn. For some reason, I love Finn. Me too. Like, I, <laughs> I, he's ridiculous. He's, he's the, the most ridiculous person. I feel person. like I should hate him, but exactly. no, he's my favorite. Yeah. I did enjoy that Rory ended up writing in Richard's study. Mm-hmm. I really like that. What did you think about her writing her and her mom's story? This is the one time where I couldn't figure out Lorelai because I didn't know. I thought it was common knowledge, like her whole history and everything. Right. So I didn't realize why it would be a big deal deal for her to write about mm-hmm. it. I and thought, I still kind of don't. I thought her reaction was fascinating. I thought it was fascinating because I do think Lorelai puts a lot of effort into how people see her maybe. Yeah, and not well, saying that she's not genuine. I just right. thought it was fascinating. Lorelai has always very carefully constructed what she allows her parents into her life as an adult. For years, they only ever saw her parents at holidays mm-hmm. until she needed money for Rory's schooling. And that's what then they begin the relationship again. But she still tries to keep that life very separate from her life at Stars Hollow. She only lets them know so much, Mm -hmm. like always kind of has. It's a control thing. She doesn't want Rory telling the story and telling stuff that necessarily she doesn't want her mother knowing. Okay. See, that's just weird because she never felt like a controlling person to me. The little bit that I've seen from her, she seems such like a a free person. And that's another thing, like during that exchange, I was kind of shocked to see how Laura reacted Mm -hmm. because she's always been so supportive of Lori. But I think that's part of the reason that makes that exchange so interesting. Right. I feel like Lorelai is in a lot of ways more easygoing or gives off that vibe. But I feel like she very much works hard to appear that way. Mm -hmm. She very much, there's a lot going on in her mind that she covers in other ways. With pop culture references. With pop culture, with this free spirit, whatever. Mm -hmm. It's covering a lot. The thing that fascinated me in their fight was Rory is saying, let me win this one or like be support. Why can't you let me have this? Why can't you let me have this? And Lorelai's response is, I've let you have everything for 32 years. Yeah, something similar to that. Something something Mm -hmm. along those lines. And it just kind of shows... I've been understanding for 32 years. I think it was something like that. Something like that. Just shows this underlying tension that Lorelai works very hard not to let Rory see the sacrifices and the things that she has given up for her. But it was very interesting to see mm-hmm. kind of that tension poke through. It was interesting. Uh-huh. It kind of hurt me a little, though. I was kind of a little angry at feeling somehow that Lorelai was resentful of Rory. Because mm-hmm. Rory couldn't help that she... Was, I mean, like, that's my first reaction. She can't help that she was born. You kind of had unprotected sex right (laughs) so that kind of hurt me maybe i should be a little more understanding about that i want to talk about two more things one the wedding what did you all think about the wedding it was pretty it was very pretty i'll say that it's very pretty thank you kurt and your bedazzler (laughs) (laughs) on the other hand that was another montage where i was like a lot of the stuff is really unrealistic and has nothing to do with a wedding 
but it was very pretty. Right. Like, that montage maybe could have been a little shorter, but I'm pretty okay with that montage because it's just kind of... They're mm-hmm. finally getting their fairy tale ending. Yeah. Outsider looking in, I feel that it was effective being a montage because to me, they wouldn't care about a wedding. They care about the relationship. Mm-hmm. That's true. So I think it's pretty cool to have it as a montage, mm-hmm. especially how they did. Just Yeah. Right. Yeah. I Here, do wish uh, Jess had been there. I was going to say, here's what annoyed me. Once again, it was all about Lorelai. Lorelai has Rory there. She has Rory's best friend Lane there. She has Michelle there. She has three people there. Was, was Suki not there? Suki wasn't okay. there. Luke has no one there. Luke's daughter should be lurking around somewhere. But also, Jess is in town. Why wasn't Jess we there? We just Why, saw him. We just saw him. Why wasn't his sister called? That's what got me is, once again, it's all about Lorelai. Normally that's okay, but in this instance, I wanted to see Jess one more time. No, but also, it's Luke's wedding too. Like, mm-hmm. yes, you're eloping and stuff, but... If you've taken the time to get Rory's best friend there, you can get Luke's nephew there. Yeah. Really eloping you. when you're getting married in the same spot on kind of the same day. Mm. Just right. <laughs> <laughs> like they were going to do a huge wedding, but like they ran out of money, so they had to uh, cut back. Like that's actually how that wedding came about. Maybe a few less montages we could have done. I liked that, though. I, I really liked it about it not being the giant. Yeah, I did love that, that they just wanted it between them and whatever. Like, yeah, I, I feel like that's that. way more effective than ending on a giant wedding. Mm-hmm. You're probably that right. feels too cliched. Mm-hmm. And Amy Sherman Palladino has said not having money in that instance was a blessing because she really likes the way it turned out and thought okay. it was a lot stronger. Okay. I did really like the part where Rory and Lorelai are sitting in the back of Luke's truck and they're mm-hmm. driving around the town. We've talked a little about winter but winter I did I like the opening scene of winter and I think it's uh-huh. because it's Christmas time and it brings back nostalgic feelings for me which I kind of feel like is also part of this show and a part of Christmas so mm-hmm. I felt like that was kind of effective okay I want to talk about real quick so the last four words for years this has been a thing yeah like Amy Sherman Palladino said like if she because she didn't get to end the series if she got to end the series she knew exactly how she was going to end it there are four words that were going to be spoken and so that was always a big question what are those four words she would never tell and she ended it with those four words so my question is how did the ending work for you what did you think of the four words did you for elizabeth did you think it was worth it did you the think it was up? too much hoopla over those it, four words yeah i don't know yes and no like i really like the last four mm-hmm. words i did like that during the last half of fall i could see it coming you know mm-hmm. And coming full circle with yes. everything, you know? I thought it was really well done. Mm-hmm. I wish Rory had told Logan. I mean, I think that... I, I don't agree with her to skip... I think that she decided not to tell Logan that she was pregnant, and I don't really agree with that mm-hmm. decision, but yeah, I like it. Mm-hmm. Janelle, as the outsider, how did the mm-hmm. ending work for you? The four words are fine. It's the context in which the four words are given. I want somebody as savvy or as, as savvy as she's supposed to be to at least have one area of her life together. If she's not together career-wise, I would want her and her relationships to be semi-together. Like, I know things are never all the way right, but, like, she's so screwed up in that department that I can't be excited about those four words. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If she was going to be a single mother, I think the idea of her being a single mother in a positive light would be really cool. It would be, Mm -hmm. like, her and Lorelai done right or done better you know because this baby would have you know like a great set of grandparents and everything it'd be more stable 
but also harken back to, you mm-hmm. know, Lorelai and her mom. But because it's with such a jerkwad and it's done when she's in such a screwed up part of her life and I don't feel like we got much resolution for her at all, it feels terrible. Mm-hmm. I don't like it. That's I was not impressed and mm-hmm. I wanted to just, if I ever rewatch it, I feel like I'm going to pause before those last four words and just be like, oh, that was a nice wedding. <laughs> <laughs> That's very good points. <laughs> very good points. For me, I liked it. And the more I thought about it, the more I liked it. Because it is just, we've come full circle. And now Rory's not in the best place in her life. And she's in the same situation mm-hmm. that her mom was in. Her mom was much younger. Her mom um, had a lot less support. A lot less support. But Rory is now at the age where we first met Lorelai. So I very much did mm-hmm. like it. I thought too much was made out of the four words. I could see like, that. Mm-hmm. Oh, there was never a way that that was gonna the four words were gonna live up to the hype but i did like the ending i know some people were disappointed with it and stuff mm-hmm. but i did like the symmetry of it and everything i like to think uh, that worry getting pregnant is actually gonna be the upswing like mm-hmm. from here her life will get better she's broken up with logan she has this she's gonna write this book which i do really like that she's gonna write about her and her mother mm-hmm. and she's gonna create this baby which like, right. I can't help but be excited about it which and I think they did try and show that Rory was getting it a little bit more together yeah mm-hmm. and I would even be fine if they reacted differently but Lorelai looked like she was about to crap herself and not in a good excited right. way and because it ended on that note that feels so sour mm-hmm. that okay. it's we're horrified that you're pregnant not oh this is a cool opportunity you're mm-hmm. pregnant mm-hmm. you know so it it, I don't like not that everything has to end super happy one of my favorite movie endings is like the most depressing thing I've ever seen in my life but it it doesn't feel good with this at mm-hmm. all like I want something to end happily with them whether it's going to continue being happy or not mm-hmm. you know right. so uh, personally I'm not a fan it's mm-hmm. not the worst ending in the world by any means but mm-hmm. I just ow yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. I do think, like you, it looks like she's not going to tell Logan, and that to me is a mistake. Yeah. Because, one, you've learned a wrong lesson. Your mom told your dad. Your dad knew. Like, mm-hmm. your mom was a very strong woman, and he couldn't compete with that because he's a whatever. <laughs> he was very young at that point. He grew up, but at the when he you were up. born, you, he was very young and stupid. <laughs> yeah. He grew up and made stupid choices, too. Yeah, anyway, yeah. Yeah, I don't like the idea. I do kind of like the idea that Jess is her Luke. Yes. Yeah, that's what I got. Yeah, um, that's cool. Um, <laughs> I'm I really, that. I just I want more resolution. It wasn't just, enough. Right. I well, wish we could have seen... I do want to see more. I want to see Rory and Jess get together. I was going to say, although, <laughs> although I'm still... I mean, I'm okay if Rory and Jess get together, but I still... Jess could do better. Uh, <laughs> like you. <laughs> If she could get her crap together, Jess would be doing just fine. Mm-hmm. But she feels like she's just a permanent train wreck. Yeah. I'm, I do not like Rory. That's I didn't like, give oh, a crap yeah. about Rory the entire time. I cared about Lorelai and Emily. Mm-hmm. Rory could I go dive of, off a cliff for all I care. Oh, yeah. No, I wouldn't. Coming into it, I was like, oh, yay. We're going to see what's would, going on with Lorelai, Emily, and Luke. Oh, and Rory. I would celebrate Rory diving off a cliff because then we'd get to see more reactions and building <laughs> relationships between Lorelai and Emily then. That would yeah. be fantastic. Amy Sherman Palladino, this is Janelle Cleves asking you, please, Rory, dive off a cliff. 
I do kind of wish the last four words had been between uh, Lorelai and Emily. I thought that would have been really nice that for them to nice. have, I don't know, a little more closer of a relationship. A little, and they did gain that. I really do believe mm-hmm. that. But I mean, also, I didn't like that Emily wasn't at the wedding. At the wedding, mm-hmm. yeah. like I mean, I get that it was an elopement, whatever kind of elopement. But it felt weird to me because, like, two or three days before the wedding, she's at her house in Hartford. Hartford. And then she goes up to Nantucket and yeah. is coming back. Because Amy Sherman Balladina did say that she will be there the next day for the wedding. Right. So that feels weird That's to me. Weird. Like, because they're just trying to, like, place this nice little lovely montage scene so you can see all, everything happy happening mm-hmm. at the same time. But it's like, she should at least been in, like, Hartford right then. For Elizabeth, <laughs> if you do a Gilmore Girls rewatch, is this now on part of that Gilmore Girls rewatch? Yeah, I think I would replace season seven with this. Okay. I probably won't be rewatching it anytime soon because I think I've watched it three times. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I think I'll replace season seven with this. Janelle, will you ever rewatch this? Does this make you want to go back and rewatch the original series? Yes and no. Okay. Um, I'm cool with going back and watching this, but because some of the characters like Emily they kind of epitomize the type of people that I can't stand, mm-hmm. even though they resolve her really well. Mm-hmm. And because I cannot stand Rory, I kind of don't want to go through all of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even, like, it might be a great show, mm-hmm. but it's also, I mean, there's lots of little reasons, too. Like, I won't get any of the references mm-hmm. whatsoever. I wouldn't have gotten them back then, so I mm-hmm. certainly won't get them now. Yeah. And... I don't know. I just kind of feel like it's time has passed for me. Mm-hmm. And I, I like having resolution in this. Mm-hmm. And I've heard too much legitimately bad stuff about the original series from people who love it. Mm-hmm. That I just kind of, I don't, I don't want to wade into that, really. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I would recommend not watching past season five. Actually, there's a certain point in season five where I would just say stop. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, and I might, I might pick it up. This, this goes into our next topic. I uh-huh. might pick it up. Because, I mean, I am, like, three-quarters of the way <laughs> through Heart of Dixie right now. <laughs> yes! <laughs> yeah, yes, for the last couple of weeks, I get random texts from Janelle you about... You uh, texting me. You text me, too. <laughs> no, because I was going to surprise you oh, that I was watching okay. it. Okay. But at the same time, I will say, the more I watch season three, the more I want to drop it. I'm, well, I'm so well, Wait tired. till season four. Wait I was going to say, season, season four... Well, season two and four are tied in my heart for favorites so if season three becomes too much just jump ahead to season just, four yeah just jump ahead elizabeth you obsessing over anything let's see i didn't get to really binge watch anything besides the gilmore girls stuff this um break i have been watching a lot of the great british baking show mm-hmm. have you guys heard of this i have heard of it i haven't watched it i already watched all three seasons that we have in the u.s the uk has seven seasons i'm very upset <laughs> i can't get my hands on the first four but whatever so i watched that it was very relaxing and i've been watching a lot of marvel stuff like x-men mm-hmm. very recently like in the last few days so i just don't know what i'm gonna binge watch next okay. maybe whatever you no, whatever janelle recommends mm-hmm. have you been um I've been visiting a lot of old favorites. I've been watching some friends. I was rewatching The Flash. I um, then have also been reading slash watching uh, a lot of the Bridget Jones stuff. 
I got Bridget Jones' Baby. Like, I bought that. Yeah. And so I watched that. Then I, like, had to rewatch the first one and parts of the second one. But then I've actually never had read any of the books. So I went and read Bridget Jones' Diary and am now mm-hmm. on Bridget Jones' Edge of Reason. That and going down rabbit holes of Colin Firth. Beautiful rabbit hole. <laughs> <laughs> Janelle, what are we doing this next week? Um, Next week, we are going to read through chapter 13, read all of chapter 13 and before, of Patrick Rothfuss's Name of the Wind, the first book in his Kingkiller Chronicles series, mainly because... I had already thought about recommending it, I feel like, and Mm -hmm. then Elizabeth and Kim got super excited with the announcement that Lin-Manuel Miranda was going to be helping produce a movie and a TV series um, and a stage play surrounding this universe. So that's what I'm going to get them to dive into it. So all the way through chapter 13. Awesome. Exciting. (laughs) So pick up Patrick Rothfuss's the name of the wind. If you want more I Love It Don't You content, you can visit our website, iloveitdontyou.wordpress.com. And we have social media accounts, Twitter, Instagram, the work. So follow us and like us and let us know what you think. And if you really enjoyed it, please leave us a review on iTunes. Bye, guys. Thanks. Bye.